Uh, this is Bez, I'm Eight Wonders Happier, and you're listening to The Workhouse. This is Marshall Jefferson, and you're listening to The Workhouse. This is Alex P, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Hiya, I'm Jackie, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is Kay Class, and you are listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is Mindy Lane, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Oi, oi, this is Disco Boy, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is Angelo Ferreri and you are listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is James Avila and you're listening to The Workhouse Sessions. This is Roger Sanchez and right now you're checking out The Workhouse. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, Michael. It's time for the Pandemic Podcast! You've been practicing. Hi, I've had It's good that one. Yeah. Do you like that? I could have done with the echo. Echo. You've got the well. You've got the button. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I have, but I don't you, know how to work didn't it. Plan that very I don't, well. I don't. I don't really know how to no. use. You just sell the stuff. You yeah. don't know how to use it. I have no idea how any of these things work. To be honest with you. Brilliant. Uh, anyhow, we're live from Phase One DJ Store yet again. Back once again, like a pair of renegade masters, uh, and we're on our mission to tell the world of what has happened to the events industry yes. through COVID. Yeah. yeah, just highlighting what's happening to the industry and try and get some support to an industry that desperately needs it, really. Absolutely. I tell you what, do, uh, I've been on Facebook today. Have you seen have. the guys that walked? Yes. Yes. 112 miles. They actually, they got it wrong because they were, if I worked out they'd done 113. Oh, right. well, like anyone in events, it never yeah. goes as planned. I can't remember where they've walked from, but I know they walked 113 miles um, to get to Nathalaton. Which where is where Rishi Sunak's, Sunak's offices. offices. Yeah. Uh, and these were guys that were part of the events industry. I think one of them had, uh, there's two guys. One of them has a, an event company. And I think the other guy, now, if I'm wrong about this, I do apologize. Well, but I usually, get I'm usually get, I usually get something wrong. Uh, I think he was part of, like, you know, like the fairground. Well, that showmans. would make sense because the video I saw, there was some, um, do you know, like the big trucks that tore the big fairground yeah. rides? There were some of them there. Yeah. So I think he was part and parcel of that. Yeah. And uh, these guys, I've been watching them for a few days. And th- these aren't guys like, oh, we go hiking all the time. No. This has been no bother. I think they're just ordinary guys. Let's go for a walk. <laughs> let's go. But let's what go for a walk. What can we do to highlight the issue yeah. with like something random? You know, like, I mean, I ride a bike. So yeah. if, if I said to you, I'm going to ride a bike 100 miles, you'd but go. Yeah, well, but you do that well, every week. That's Sunday, Mike. Isn't it, Mike? <laughs> yeah, you what, just do that what, every week. What's new? But if I said I was going to do John O'Groats to Land's End, you'd be like, oh, good effort. Oh, good effort. Two days. It'll take me two days. <laughs> but these you said you were going to go mountain climbing, then I might be impressed. Yeah, yeah because you'd be like, well, it's not really your bag, that, no, is it? No. Yeah. So these are two guys that don't know. I don't think they got the impression that they're. Super sports, they didn't look athletics. like avid hikers, to no, be honest. No, I they'd, think they looked like they'd done a good job, though. I think, well, basically, they just got up one morning and gone, Let's go for a walk, yeah. <laughs> and they went for a that walk. Will highlight the issue, <laughs> and it has it, it really has. And they were brilliant. So, yeah. I've been watching them on Facebook today, they're on Facebook Live, and I think they got a really big response. Good, uh, even the police came. Did you see well, that bit? That's nice for them to show their support. It's like we'd like to thank uh, all the representatives of the <laughs> Illinois Police Department <laughs> for, for coming here tonight. So, brilliant. Uh, so, I think that they went really, really well. But anyway, let's get back on back on track. So, is the Pandemic Podcast Volume 2. Volume 2. Well, if, if you, you missed, missed Volume 1. Yeah, go back one. Rip, rewind. That was the Carl Douthwaite And wasn't episode. it brilliant? You've listened back to that. Brilliant. The mix. Really enjoyed Carl's mix. Yeah. I put the track list in up on Facebook, actually. Yeah. So, you can see the tracks there that he played, if you're interested in what they are. 
They were bangers. They were they all were. bangers. Yeah. I'll and tell you what, mind you, in today's show as well, oh, we've got some blinding music coming your way. Great. It's really good. I've not actually listened today's to Today's playlist yet. is epic. Yeah. We've got a brilliant mix, but our guests tonight, um, which was uh, Andy Lee and Matty, Matty Medula. Yep. Oh, well it's a very tongue twisty <laughs> name, is that? But Matt, really. Matty's been to my house today and fixed me sing. Yeah, I know. He's, like, like, he's like DJ Sneak. Fixed your sing. <laughs> yeah. Did whatever else you needed to do while he was there. So we interviewed them last week on the telephone, uh, on the old and internet it's, thing. It's all about Remedy. And it's all about a little festival called Remedy. Andy and Matty, uh, they run Remedy. Yeah. And we've... We've DJ there last year. Yeah. Fantastic. Somebody one let us best, DJ. I know, it was actually one of the best DJ uh, sets that I've enjoyed. You've only done two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that was at Remedy at uh, Mighty Dubfest with Andy. Yeah. Um, but there were, it was brilliant last year. And this year they couldn't do the full-on Remedy festival because of no, COVID. No. But they did manage to sneak in a little mini Remedy. Yes, they did. Um, now, unfortunately, I didn't, we didn't go to that. No. I wish I had now, yeah. actually. If I'd known now... What yeah. I'm, what I, if I'd known then <laughs> what yeah. I know now absolutely I would have gone yeah, that would have been good that was a uh, well, why didn't I go well, I don't know why whenever you go I'm bound to I be know. somewhere there I should have said Mike we're going and, and, we been and I'd have just gone fair enough Al no, I'll we be, missed out we if did. Al says we're going next we're year going. we will be there so for those who don't know what Remedy is Remedy is like a little mini festival. Yeah, and it, well, it's got bigger and bigger, yeah. really. I mean, don't get me wrong, there was a, nearly a thousand people there. Yeah, well, I think Andy said this year they were looking at about 800 capacity, yeah. something around that figure. And the mini one they did, I think, was about 250. Yep. So quite a bit smaller than what they used to be. They and did they what they could. Top acts on, top oh, de- they yeah. put some local DJs on. They've had they the likes, some... uh, Alistair Whitehead, yep. some of the, you know, the retro type um, oh, guys. And we've got a big announcement about um, next year's Ooh, Remedy yeah. already. Shh, shh, shh. You'll have to wait till later in the show. We've got a big announcement for Remedy. Yeah, we have an exclusive, top, in fact, absolute exclusive. Secret. Not for long, though. Not for no. long. Not what? Well, not by the time we have the information, we dish it out. Exactly. I'm surprised you haven't told people already. No, I, I've been very good. Well done. And just to remind people, this is a series of five podcasts that we're doing to highlight the issues that the industry has faced this year due to COVID. And it's supported by Darlington for Culture and Creative Darlington. Well, thank you very much, Creative Darlington. Yes. Yes, well done. So we're all about the local. Absolutely. So we're gonna. We've what we got is we've got a lot of records to play. We've got a mix by Andy to play as well, and we've got some interview snippets. So we're gonna kick off by playing a song. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you've picked. Have you just picked it's anything? A remix of uh, the fog being a long time. All it's right. A remix of it. Is it? I think new? I played is it, it new? Um, no. No. Oh, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, there's a lot of classics tonight, so I thought I'd play something, and I played this at. I'm sure I played this at Remedy last year, so that's why I picked well, it. Well, I'll be honest with you, it's good. this been a long time. The fog, it's in my playlist. It's, What's it, my playlist called? It's it, in? Uh, let me have a look. Just uh, go back. It's called Remedy 2019. Well, there you go. Uh, it's well, like we planned it. It's like, yeah, I'm impressed, Alan. Do you know, I can't believe we just make this up as We're we go better, along. Like. We are getting better. We can't get any worse. <laughs> no, we can't. Right then, should we drop this banger then and Let's get this going? It. Let's do it. Here we go. If I press this button here, uh, I believe we'll get a bit of volume here. And I believe we'll we'll be on. Tell you what, it's getting better, listeners. Yeah. You are listening to The Workhouse, The Pandemic Podcast. Volume 2.
Well, I'll tell you what, Alan, if you're going to pick bangers like that, that's the way to start a show. Well, I mean, what else do you expect? Mind you, honestly, that's a great track, but I, I can guarantee the music is only going to get better during this whole podcast. It's a bold statement. It's a bold statement, but it's a very true statement. Great. It's a very, that very works. true statement. That is a great remix. It is. Classic. Wasn't that something to do with Dimitri? No, I don't think so. Yeah, because I'm well, he might have done a remix of it, but yeah. the original was that it was the fog. I think been a long time. Yeah, um, and that's Geo doped mix. Yeah, Geo that's really brought mix. it bang up to date. Yeah, um, but uh, Dimitri, I think he did a mix of it. I think I'm sure he, he did. I'm well, sure it's an old track that's been sampled, isn't it? So yeah. it's probably been done yeah, quite a absolutely. few times. So coming up in the show, the next bit we're going to start cutting in the interview or the interview of doom no expense spared on special effects for this show no none spared or spent <laughs> or used no <laughs> right so we're gonna now go over to the interview side of things and we're gonna chop in the tracks that andy has picked and he has picked some of the finest house music that was ever i would say he's picked some of the really the best some of the best songs that ever. we've had on yeah the really great pieces his, of music. His music choice. Because I know Andy does like, he likes it, he likes it quite deep and stuff yeah. like that, but he hasn't gone there. No. He's, he's gone for Remedy well, I think Classics. Remedy, a lot of people <sighs> know it for the classic house and sound. I know they do music a lot of choice, tech His music well. choice for this show but has been superb. 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 Absolutely. So without further ado, I think we'll just crack on with the interview. Don't forget, though, this is done remotely yes. via video link. Yes. Because we're all about being safe and secure. Absolutely. Uh, and Alan's in my is, is my safety. You're in my bubble. Yeah, but we're still we're, we're social distancing, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. I don't like getting too close to you anyway. <laughs> the best of times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep back. Keep <laughs> back. Keep it back. was two meter stick. Yeah, yeah, prodding him with it now. In fact, it's usually further than that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Timmy? We haven't had Timmy on the show. <laughs> no, for he hasn't a while. Been Timmy, for a while. fetch me a three meter stick just to be safe. <laughs> right. Uh, so the audio is obviously it's going to sound a little bit more di- different. It's yeah, it was done on you know remotely. Remotely. But it'll be fine. Let's do the interview. Here we go then. Okay, right. Gonna obviously got a lot, quite a lot to ask Andy, um, and the things that have been going on because this has been all about events and stuff like that. And this series of podcasts is really about how COVID has basically destroyed uh, the nightlife of the of the whole country and the world. And you guys have, have been, you know. A, very experienced in DJing, you've worked in clubs and bars and stuff like that, and you've put events on as well. So, you know, it's been a year with no events, and the main event that comes straight to mind is Remedy. Now, obviously, Remedy, it didn't happen, but then it did happen. How did you make that happen, Andy? (laughs) Yeah, that was it. I mean, the whole COVID thing, We obviously the tickets for the main big festival that we do with the three stages and like 20 plus DJs that, that the tickets were like well on set back end of last year so I think it was even September we started selling the tickets so there was obviously you know you, you watch the news and there's this little story of this kind of virus kicking about and you're thinking well China's a long way away as, as, as a lot of us did and all these things tend to fizzle out or had fizzled out in the past and you're like you're watching the story so we had the the festival booked for i think it was the 15th of may 
and it's just it just kind of obviously just escalated and escalated. It was across in Europe, and then you're watching it on the news, and you're like, Italy's been, Italy's getting bad, and yeah. So there was, um, I remember phoning because we've um, we work quite closely with the guys that do Mighty Dubfest. I remember phoning Bruce from Mighty Dubfest and asking him, "Oh, what?" What's, what's your advice? Because he's been doing festivals for a long time. And he was like, well, I wouldn't worry too much, Andy, because if, if, if you have to cancel the festivals, then that basically means you pretty much have to shut down the entire UK economy. So I put the phone down, all happy, thinking, yeah, that's not a problem. Um, <laughs> Little did we know. And, and, then they, and then they did it. Oh, my, oh my yes, God. So, yeah, it was... It was we got given a, another date in September, and yeah, it was a case of, right, well, let's cross our fingers and hope we can do the big festival then. But as it approached, we just realised that we're all going to have to be socially distant and kind of put certain measures in place. But even then, it was just really stressful because, you know, as as events were starting to open back up, there was like restrictions and people were saying, you have to do this and you have to do that. And... The restrictions and the recommendations and guidelines from the government were getting interpreted different by different councils, and it was just—it seemed like things were changing on like a daily, daily basis. So we just had to work with it, and you no, know, it was—it was literally like every day something had changed. Oh my and god! Him, how how the how the event planning would go, and you know, it was everything down from from like. Having table service was it tables of six or eight or you know so it was it was just really really difficult to put together but it was it was worth the effort. To be fair. Yeah, you know we, we went from um, a capacity of eight eight hundred probably nine hundred with DJs and guest list to two hundred and fifty this year in September and the atmosphere from start to finish was, was, was just savage. Everyone yeah. was just so ready for. Yeah, I think everybody um, was probably bang up for a bit of a party by then because it, uh, it 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 had been so grim. So uh, yeah, been, I can imagine it was great. You were lucky having been able to actually to make it to put that on because obviously some events that have come afterwards now have, have been struck by you know further restrictions and problems, haven't they? It was a, like a short little window where everything was a little bit all right again. Things just started to open up and. Um, yeah, just very, 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 very lucky. But um, I mean, it's like yeah. as, as a business, we were we were starting to see uh, with me selling stuff into the events industry. We were starting to see things wake up a little bit, and inquiries were starting to come in. Where it was all like, "Oh, this is all going good. This is great. We're quite excited about it." And um, it's uh, it now. Then all of a sudden. It was like it's going backwards again. So you just did, really did hit that window just right, um, and you did very well to get it organised. I, I, I was, I think it was a hell of an achievement to be honest with you, lads. Very well done, very well done. Certainly, well, I think you were lucky. You just caught it as well before the school went back. I think in hindsight, I think that was like your masterstroke. <laughs> yeah. It's like you planned it all. Honestly. <laughs> There's a certain level of like with remedy. There's always something that just kind of is, is meant to be that always kind of comes right with it that doesn't need any planning. It just kind of manifests itself, and it's yeah. And it was just that that day it wasn't picked by us. It was 
we the the venue had this date at the end of the wedding season that was left over almost. And she says, "Oh well, why don't we just use that date instead?" So it was like, "Yeah, great. Let's yeah, that date will be fine." I mean, <laughs> and I, it was. I get, I, I guess that the venue would have been really pleased to get some kind of event on in the summer as well, because there's quite a lot goes on at that venue at the Hammer and Pincers. So um, yeah. I imagine, like you know, they've lost a lot of trade and a lot of money through not doing big weddings, not doing you know big events like yourselves. Um, they must have lost a massive amount of revenue. Just for the listeners, so they know, uh, it's, all this is based um, up at the Hammer and Pincers, which is just outside Newton Aircliff, which is about six miles up the road from, from Darlington. Uh, it's a little venue uh, with these two fantastic teepees in a big beer garden. And they do lots and lots of events there. And one of the events is um, uh, Remedy, which we're talking about now. So I'm I'm pretty sure they'll have been really glad to get that event on, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Well, as it went, the, the, the story the week before Remedy, I got a phone call off the landlady. She'd only just started taking a few bookings for weddings. So, like, literally the week before we were due, there was there was a wedding on, and um, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but it sounds like a woman scorned. Um, somebody who was invited to the wedding rang the police and notified them there was more than 30 people at this wedding. Oh, no. So, restrictions on weddings of 30 people, police turned up at the venue and said... You know, I don't want to see 150 people dancing around this field <laughs> when I come back. It's, you've got 30-something, you know, I don't want to come back in an hour's time and see 100 people dancing in the field. And then she starts thinking, well, next week... A couple of hundred. It's because of the wedding restrictions versus, like, a socially distant... Kind of, yeah, the guidelines are so blurred with anything, isn't it? It's sort of like all yeah. So, what one council says, okay, the others won't. What's classed as a outside is different to I know, and like you said as well, they've changed, they've changed so much over the last two or three months from, from where we were to where we are now. They've changed, like you say, almost daily. Yeah, so the plan something for months in advance is really difficult because. If the goalposts are moving, then you're really struggling. And when you're putting a lot of like capital in to put an event on, and yeah. then you and it's like not viable, then you sort of like you can see how a lot of a lot of in the, in the industry are struggling. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, definitely. You've got to you've got to balance the the figures, haven't you? As well, like, like you don't just put the events on for for fun. They've got to make some sort of commercial sense. The numbers that you've got and the, the money that you put into them, booking your your DJs. I mean, they're difficult enough, aren't they, to put on and make the numbers balance when when you can get a thousand yeah. in. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's like, there's, I think a lot of people don't realise that there's so much going on when you put an event on like that. You know, the the sound needs paying for. Yeah. There's, you know, there's security yeah. needs paying yeah. for. There's. I think ninety percent of it's all paid for well in advance of the event. You know, it's yeah. not. It's not. Yes, they haven't put the event on. It's it's most of it's paid for prior and and uh, the outlet huge these days, especially with the DJs and yeah. the systems and the it's generators and flights. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's a lot. So why don't we uh, why don't we play your your first track then, um, Andy, which is uh, Kings of Tomorrow. Finally, it's a, it's a banger. Um, 
an absolute blow back. And probably a great one that kind of sums up how people felt getting to remedy. I've even took <laughs> it out on vinyl for your Andy. <laughs> <laughs> but why, why, did you pick, why did you pick that track? Um, well, from a musical point of view, I love it because the, 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 the lyrical writing, the way the song's written, a lot of house music early house music especially was like right get on your feet get up and dance you know it was all very very simplified and all this yeah. and this kind of brings it's got you know really meaningful lyrics and it's and it's just a masterful piece of songwriting as much as anything so yeah that, that's, that's I couldn't agree more
set. So it was a case of, right, um, Andy, I think we're going to have to cancel. And this is like the week before. And I'm like, uh, and then she explains the situation with the police and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, she's like, you know, I've talked to my husband and, you know, we really are thinking we're going to have to cancel this. And I was just, I didn't know what to say. So I was like, right, give me 48 hours. <laughs> 48 hours. If I can get this past the council and the police licensing authorities and everybody and get thumbs up everybody before we open the doors, would you be happy? And she's like, yeah, I'd be perfectly happy. <laughs> <laughs> and you did yeah, it. We wow. did. We, and you no did pressure. it. Within, within a very short space of time, um, I think it was even over a weekend where you wouldn't expect to get in touch with any of these people. Um, we managed to get the event plan past them, and yeah, they literally couldn't be couldn't be more helpful in, in getting the event going ahead. Did you um, did you get visited by the, any of the authorities during the, the festival? Did the police turn up and come and check on you and stuff? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Right. I think the little spies apparently spies <laughs> 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 <Eyes> everywhere <laughs> yeah. and what happened what happened with Graham Sahara Andy as well um, yeah this was <laughs> yeah so I've known Graham for a long time he's he's invited us to play in Pasha and Ibiza before you know go back a long way and speak you know, every other day, virtually, you know, on, online and stuff. Great block. Um, Brilliant DJ. Said, Brilliant DJ. Yeah, went down so well. We're like, right. Like, there wasn't any question. We're like, let's get Graham over. And at the time when we agreed it all, again, in line with all the restrictions, there was this lovely air bridge between us and Spain. So we're like, perfect. We can get Graham over. So we got his, um, we got his flights booked and everything. Literally, uh, the way Jet 2 work, it's like two weeks before you do a fly. On the Friday, they send out emails to tell everybody like, your flight's being cancelled. So we knew it was highly likely at this point in time because I think it was about two weeks after we booked the flights. Obviously, it was a two-week, 14-day uh, quarantine or something if you were coming in or, in or out of Spain. Yeah. Um so we were just we needed <laughs> the week before we needed the the quarantine <laughs> to be lifted, and um, uh, yeah, the flights not to get cancelled and, and like the, the flights were cancelled in the end, and the quarantine still in place from Spain. So it was like when I explained it to Graham, he was nearly in tears saying that it was even though he plays all these mentally good crowds across in Ibiza, he was like it's one of the best crowds he's ever played to. In Aircliff, of all places. <laughs> Centre of the That's universe, you know, Aircliff. Emerald. But you didn't give up, Andy. You didn't give up, did you? I can't just let it beat us. Um, so we live streamed him on the shower screen. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I, 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 well, yeah, I just made a giant screen out of a shower screen, big projector, and we had it set on, and yeah, you should have things when he came on, everyone was chanting his name. It was beautiful. Brilliant, brilliant. I, I have actually enjoyed some of his live streams uh, through the lockdown that he's been doing. He's, he's, a, he's a superb DJ. He just seems to, I don't know what it is, the way he mixes just 
every, every, time, every time he just gets the timing of that mix to drop it in perfect. I don't know. He's just he's good. He's very, very good. I've really enjoyed his live live stuff when I've been watching him on Facebook. You, he still has the enthusiasm as a, of a twenty-year-old yeah, who's been doing it for twenty, thirty. Yeah, he's good. He's really, really, really good. Yeah. Me and Mike said from last year, didn't he? he was what he was one of our favourite pets that yeah, we saw. Really enjoyed. We were both dancing away in the crowd. We were loving it. Yeah, oh, really, really, really amazing. Yeah, he was. He was so, very good. Should we play another track then, and then we can go and talk about some of the other stuff from the year? So, what's your next track, Andy? It's uh, Hard Drive Deep Inside. Tell us about that. Another banger. It is. Yeah. Um, it's just got that kind of like a cross between Deep House and Garage. Like the synths on the bass, it's just really catchy vocal over the top. Yeah, just just a really, really, really good deep house track from from like a golden era of of that style of music, I guess. So yeah, that's that's why I picked it.
It's, it's like a record label, but we instead of selling records, we sell samples. So we've got uh, probably close to like 100 products now, ranging from uh, tech house, techno, garage, um, and all like the subgenres in between. So we've got like uh, funky minimal, um, deep tech, um, and then we do like artist packs as well. So we have um, uh, Mihai. Popovich Q, uh, Relo, um, London Ground, a few recent ones that we've had, and yeah, it's it, it's it's great working with these these producers. I mean, I've done that kind of production myself for a long time with Loopmasters. I've been oh, 15, 15 plus years of making sample packs now. So, I mean, it's good for me because I mean, I uh, I listen to a lot of music and I pick up on new producers, for example. So it's giving new producers like an opportunity to, instead of having to go out and get like <laughs> say the word proper job because it's with everything that's been said over the last couple of weeks. But to, to, have to go out and do a, a job that isn't in the studio, should we say, it gives these producers that maybe from touring yet to be able to kind of spend more time in the studio, honing what they do, chasing dreams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you have you seen a, a, an upsurge in in business on that side, Andy? Is, is since the lockdown, do you feel there's a lot more people at home making music at the minute? Uh, yes, I mean there was. Yeah, I mean um, as soon as the lockdown started, we saw our sales were 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 going quite well. A lot of people, obviously, at home in the studio, using the time creatively. 
Um, but I think things are slowing down a little bit now and, and starting to push back a little bit. I'm not sure whether that's uh, or a case of people uh, out of the studio and enjoy being having a bit extra freedom now, or whether it's just people are starting to really feel it. Yeah. Although producers is that of maybe he's had a little bit of a nest egg there, thinking right, a month or so lockdown's not too bad. I'll be back out on the road next month. I don't know. It's it's really hard to gauge at the minute, but um, yeah, it just seems a, a little bit up and down at the minute. So yeah, we'll just have to see the months bring. Yeah, we've we've um, we've seen a, a similar pattern at, at the shop with that first couple of months of lockdown. It was a lot of home product, um, and the home product was selling really well. And we were just like everybody, you know, we, we, let's look at Facebook. Every, every, my Facebook wall was just full of DJs live. <laughs> it's just obviously I just if you're a DJ and add me as a friend I just go yes 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 half of them I don't know I just oh he's got he's got headphones on I'll add him as a friend <laughs> I might be able to sell him something I'm a Facebook whore when it comes to stuff like that hello <laughs> <laughs> and um, we saw a definite upsurge and you could just tell I think a lot of people were at home and being creative so that you know that there was an upsurge in trade there um so it's interesting to hear that from your side as well as the producer side, that the 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 same it's the same pattern that I, I was seeing in our shop as well. Very interesting. Shall we? Um, I tell you what, Alan's got some fantastic COVID questions that he's uh, he's got. That one, that one almost fills in one of them itself because one of them was like COVID yes and COVID no. What had been good or bad this year, and there's plenty of bad, obviously. Yeah. But the COVID, yes, I mean, that's a good example there. People having a bit more time, more time in the studio. Um, people spending the time doing things like that. Um, one of the other ones was, uh, had you got fat or got fit <laughs> in uh, in lockdown? Both, I think. I yeah. Trying to get fit, so I've been out my motorbike quite a bit of late, and the weight's coming off much slower than it went on. <laughs> it does <laughs> Yeah, it does that. How about you, Matt? Have you been do? Have you been doing much? You get on your bike, don't you? Yeah, I would be a lot fatter if I wasn't keeping fit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, since the gym's open, started getting back there, out on my bike a bit, and that's so. all right. How, how have you found going back to the gym then in these uh, these times? It's not too bad. It's, it's, I don't mind because you can get on all the gear because it's like there's not many people in, to be honest. It's not quieter. Quieter. Getting you can get round and train in an hour rather than an hour and a half. But obviously, they have to go in still, aren't they? Or wary or don't, they don't know what they're... What I they're think even more people are doing whatever they like to do at home for a lot yeah. of different reasons. Um, but if you can get round the gym quicker, then happy days. <laughs> Um, what uh, what was one thing uh, is there something you've learned this year um, being at home and having to change your lifestyle I suppose is there one thing you've learned this year that you can think of yeah don't take your freedom for granted <laughs> good, good answer <laughs> what about you Andy makes, uh, makes you appreciate the small things that you take doesn't it so exactly yeah yeah, definitely. Well, let's uh, let's play another track then. We've got um, a classic, uh, New Yorkian soul. Um, it's all right. I feel it. Found that one. Oh, you got that one. Found that one. Let's give it a spin. 
Pick that track, Andy. Um, I just... It's Jocelyn Brown, isn't it? So she's got this amazing voice, and it's house music, but there's not any... It's not recorded with any of, like, your typical 808, 909s. It's all, like, live instruments. Everything's live, but it's it's without doubt a house record. Typical masters of They really don't make records like that anymore. They probably yeah. couldn't. They couldn't afford to. I think making a record like that these days would cost a fortune. Where you know, getting all them session uh, uh, drummers and all them people in to play all them guitars and stuff, you couldn't afford to make a record like that nowadays. I don't think. No, you wouldn't be allowed to get in the studio together at the minute. Well, that's true as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, although saying that, though, I did notice that on. Uh, BBC Radio 2 the other day they'd actually done some live studio sessions with all the different musicians playing their parts remotely and they'd put it all together Very clever. and it was amazing because it just sounded like a really proper you know like a live lounge session but they'd yeah. done it all remotely so I suppose one of the things we're lucky really is that we've got technology yeah well, to help us because we didn't have that creative situations being taken yeah. We did a few sessions in AOL. We had um, like we link. I can you can link computers via the internet with a really good high quality audio string. And then obviously we did like a Zoom chat at the same time. So I'm sitting, yeah. Matty, Matty was sitting in, in, in his studio. We were both exactly the same thing. And although I've got like the keys and the synth, he would be like, "All right, yeah, go, yeah." That, Baseline, a bit more like that, and you know, it, it really did work well. So you could produce remotely then? Yeah, uh, having some jams, weren't we, in return? Session with you, session with Greg, like that, it worked really well. But you kind of beat the, <laughs> the beers in it. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think that's one thing, every, I mean, everyone who's, who's part of the DJ industry, if you DJ South, I think one of the biggest things people have missed this year is the social side of it, of, of not being able to go out and socialise. Yeah, we're de- definitely social beings, aren't we? In yeah. This industry. Yeah. yeah, it's not the same on Zoom, is it? No, no <laughs> not quite. Um, one of the here's a good question that Alan's Alan's is one of my favourites of this one that Alan wrote. Um, Alan's been getting lots of things delivered to his house because he's been, Alan's actually experienced lockdown twice now, haven't you, Alan? Yeah, yeah. A few times, kids have kept coming home with coughs. <laughs> so he keeps he keeps isolating himself. I've only seen him twice this year. And he's he's got on first name terms with his delivery drivers, so he knows them all personally. What have you been getting delivered? Mainly records. <laughs> really, records. 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 But I've been. I've been getting a lot of classics of late. Obviously, um, it's just, yeah, I think just having that remedy mindset kind of made us go back and get a lot of, a lot of the records that, I, I think I sold a box um, at Car Boot Sale about, must be about 15 years ago now, just, and regretted it ever since. And, and you're just, buying them all back at twice the price? <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, at about five, ten times the price. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I think I was at that car boot sale. I think I've got them here. I've got them in a brilliant buy. <laughs> what about you, Matthew? Have you been uh, have you been doing much internet shopping? 
That's all, mate. I, fortunately, I've been still being able to work all the way through. So, oh. so I, I, my, my wife might offer my kids. <laughs> Have you been you've been earning the money and they've been spending it? <laughs> yeah, well, that, you work you work in the trade, don't you? And I work in construction, so like we've been going. We haven't stopped really. We've we've been going all the way through. I've had some ups and downs and stops and starts, but we've we've generally been continuing through. So, which is which is lucky. Really, yeah. Some people aren't in the um, fortunate situation, are they? Like if they're getting the business just well, closed down, and particularly in the events industry, obviously. I mean, that one of the things I wrote down as well was really what what do you think the long term effects of, of what we've experienced this year and where we're going in the next sort of three or four months what do you think the long term effect might be I don't I can't see any of going on in the next few months to be honest like serious events it might actually reset the industry and make it more accessible for like people putting smaller events do you know like make it more back to the root where you're not yeah. paying, like, DJing prices aren't 10, 20 grand to get, like, the DJ on. You, it might, like, actually g- give the industry a reset that it needs because the prices are... Prices, like, even in the eight years I was running my events, you can see from, the like, when I started to the end, like... like still pay DJs, but not, like, massive... Not mega money. Abandoned massive prices. It's, like, it's not, it's not um, viable, really. At the moment, and I, I think somebody wrote an article actually about saying that when you say about small events, it, it could sort of kickstart the the sort of small town um, sort of mentality more because you won't have as many of these big events going on in the big cities and things. They might be smaller events on a smaller scale on a local scale that, yeah. that could be the the future in the short term at least. Hopefully, it gives some like up and coming. Younger kids, some inspiration, put stuff on when it when it starts coming back. Because a lot, I think a lot of the time they think, "Why well, we can't do it?" Because we're competing against the big industries, yeah. and but they aren't on. Then they're going. It's going to give like other people opportunities to create different vibes, different parties, which might actually bring something new to the to the scene, which do might you... be missed. Like well, dance music has always kind of evolved, hasn't it, and changed. And this could be a, a big change, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I think I think every, every adversity comes something great. So you might not see it at the time, but I think when you look back over it, you might be like, "Well, it was actually what was needed." Or yeah, do you think? Um, do you think um, that you know? That, I mean, let's face it, Darlington now uh, on, on Aircliff don't have like a, a nightclub. Do you think this is going to be the death of the nightclub? In the sense of you know, like we went to the nightclub and we were there till four o'clock in the morning, whereas like now everyone. Does like the late bars and stuff like that. Where do we feel the night? Is this going to be the final nail in the coffin? People love dancing, don't they? Yeah, they do. Like it'll, it'll change and it'll like evolve, but the, people always want to dance, and people always don't want to go on a scale dancing. Nobody wants to go down, or if it moves into like fields and. Barns and or, or something, or somebody will get creative and do something completely different, and it might be the next generation of clubbing. You know, yeah. I, I, I think what it might be is the death of the sort of the the old fashioned nightclub, if you know what I mean. You know, the one that's just open every Friday and Saturday. You know, I think 
where it might be more of your events, like you're not, you know, more like your events, like your remedies and things like that, where people are putting on more events, and it might be in nightclub venues. But like that for quite a while, really, though. Yeah. Like, like nightclubs themselves have been difficult draw to put acts on. Yeah. Like a weekly thing, even monthly things. People are like, oh well, like warehouse projects on this, Creamfields will go there, there, and like people don't have the disposable income like they like they used to before to go and. Then somebody somebody said this for when you look at the big events is if you can pay thirty or forty quid for a ticket and see like ten great DJs, why are you going to pay ten pound to go, you know, to a local nightclub on a on a Friday? I think that's maybe how the the scenes change a little bit. People are more like go for that one big event or that one big night out. Yeah, because it looks good on Instagram. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's what it's all about now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's not about the night out. It's just about the pictures you can take. Yeah, but there's no filter can make me look good on Insta. No, that's what no we fil- There's no filter. No filter or any event can make me look good on Insta. <laughs> so why don't we? Uh, why don't we play another track? Yep. Yeah. Well, so he's, he's picked the next one. Yeah, he's picked another banger. Uh, another masters at work classic. To be in love. Andy, why this one? I'm, I'm a bass player, <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's it's possibly one of the best bass lines ever played on a house record, in my opinion. So yeah, that's 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 mainly the reason. And it's again, it's a great song, great vocal, beautifully uh, composed. So yeah, that's that's why I picked it.
thought about this with Cal in our last interview. Have you actually spent any physical cash this year? Um, physical like pound notes because I've hardly spent any. Do you know? Do you know what? Um, like that. Do you know everyone was running around thinking, right? Oh, we get the lockdowns coming next week. It was like, right? Everyone was going out, panic buying, shopping, and uh, stuff, and stripping the pasta off the shelves and all this kind of. I went to the bank. Let's get some cash out. So I went and I got, and two days consecutively, I got my maximum amount of cash. So I had about four, was it four or five hundred quid in my wallet just in case. And it was there for months. It was like, now. I probably, probably, yeah, it's probably still there now. But yeah, really wants it, do they? Well, no, I did. But I'll take it off, yeah, you know, yeah. if you need to get it. But, but no, it, I'm just thinking everything, like you go to places now and you'll see signs like card only, one you for, you know, contactless, and people are just doing that. But it's bizarre when you think back to March now and what's changed in, in such a short space of time. So yeah, what, about, what about food and drink? Because we went back right. to flat and fit. But what have been? Is there, have you had any like guilty pleasures of food or drink in the house over these last sort of six months? Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> is, is that what you were getting when people were panic buying toilet roll? We were getting hooray. <laughs> it's not. It certainly, is a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I must admit, when people were panic buying, like the first thing I did is put a big online booze order in. So <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I'm running, running out of gin or wine. Well, you just get everything delivered, Alan. <laughs> just... I do. Well, my Adrian from DPD just brings it to me. <laughs> you knew Bezzy. You knew Bezzy Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> so, um, is there anything you've learned you can live without this year? that you thought was important, like back in March, something that you thought, like, you know, was the best thing ever, you know, something you couldn't live without. Social media. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's that's not a bad one. How about you, Matty? Yeah, social media, I don't think it's very good for your mental state of mind, is it? No, no, well, that's that's another thing, like, with, I think everyone this year, I know I have at times, I think everyone will have struggled with their mental health at some point. yeah. If you haven't, yeah. then I don't think you've been paying attention. So, is there anything you've found help that's helped with that? Anything you've, you know, anything we can pass on to the listeners? Help cope with that? Fresh air, exercise, walk, take the dog for walk. Um, yeah. Keeping busy. Do social interaction, although it's very difficult, isn't it? You don't realise yeah. that. Do, do things you enjoy doing. Like, if, like I've, I've like, I frequently walk past my guitar, you know, and if I'm not, if, if I am feeling so good, it's just like, just remember to pick it up and just, you just forget about everything for 10 minutes, have yeah. a bit of and put it again and feel a little better. Yeah. That's the power of music, isn't I'm, it, really? I'm, I'm the same with my bike. If I'm feeling a bit not so good, a bit pissed off. You um, just pick it up, Mike. I pick just, it up. I pick my bike up. And I'll play it. No, I don't. I get on my bike and I go and ride it. You know, so it's my bike that fixes me. So I, I agree with you, Matty. Like, exercise and getting outside, definitely, definitely one. Yeah. Something to make you present. Focus on what you're doing at the moment rather than 
thinking what might happen or what could happen or what. Yeah. I think, like you said, with social media, because you can all you can very easily get drawn in to if you've got nothing to do, you can get drawn into like just scrolling for hours on end if you're yeah. not careful. I think um, I, I would I would really love to have a break from social media, but from what I do with business, it's a massive part of what I do for the business. So it's like it's hard for me to avoid it. It's it, and because it, I've often thought, do you know what? I'm going to have a month off Facebook, and then the thing is, I do. Can, still can you can promote your business, but you turn off all notifications, um, only use like Messenger for talking to people, like you would a text message, mm. and that's not so sitting there looking at what everyone's thinking every five yeah. or whatever videos or whatever gets in your timeline, and it's just yeah, it is. It is difficult because it's so it's so in, like ingrained into everything. Like now, you know, especially if we've got a business, it's like it's just ingrained into everything that well, we do. Let's face it: when you want to put an event on, it's the first thing you reach for is we could get this out on social media. Oh, it's not. It's not all bad. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you you you're concentrating on the event, so you've got some. Drive, so it's a useful tool. If you've got nothing to focus on, then your thoughts get drawn up to other people's thoughts and problems. Yeah. That's when it becomes for your mental health, isn't yeah. it? If you're I th- tool I think, that's I think to put an event on your business or whatever, it's good. It's, it's when you start getting into arguments with people or oh, yeah. conspiracy, whatever, it's, it just takes you down. Yeah. You're right. If you've got a focus to use it, it's an amazingly like powerful tool to connect to people, isn't it? And I've connected with loads of people that we've met through doing this show, and I've kept in touch with, and now we've got guests back on the show and all that. And without social media, you wouldn't really be able to do that, not very easily. Yeah, so it's a really powerful it's, tool. It's uh, remedy. Well, that was that was a massive uh, a, a massive success. And that, that, you know, we still have people saying that was one of the highlights of, of, of the lockdown, the full lockdown period. Was that just that afternoon, everybody sitting, the the, the, the conversations yeah, in the chat the room? Yeah. It, was, it was a right good laugh, you know, and everybody um, heard some amazing sets and stuff. And for things like that, social media is great. It's just, I don't know, I just feel it's, as if sometimes it's like, it's 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 a drain on your mental health, you know. It's, yeah. It can be, and all social media can. It's definitely a double edged. It's a double edged sword. You took the words but, right out of my mouth, Alan. That's exactly what the social media is: sword. a double edged sword. It has a good side and a bad if it's side. Useful if it's not abused, it's not good for you, is it? Yeah. No. True. No. Very it's true. Like, you Moretti. <laughs> 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 so um, we've got one one more of Andy's tracks to play, and then we're going to let Matty sneak one in. So Andy's last track is MJ Cole, Bass in Fear. Tell us about that, Andy. Well, I met I met Matt Coleman. It's the guy, MJ Cole, Matt Coleman, uh, London. I, I spent a couple of years working in London at the studio equipment, and he's the, the loveliest guy. And it was that that era when Garage was coming out of London. And, because on a little tour of his studio, um, Tottenham Court Road, <clears throat> so it was just mind blowing. So yeah, it's um, yeah, and it again, listen to the detail in it and uh, the. Street. <laughs> 
and how it's all put together. It's, it's a beautiful piece of music. Matty has picked a track. Um, tell us about this one, Matty. Right, so it's Omar, it's I'm Feeling You, it's a Henrik Schwartz remix of it. It's, uh, again, 
it's a beautifully composed track, nice vocals in it. But with it, Henrik Fox has put his like German sort of synthesized tinge on it, and it the lovely leads are all distorted and dissonant. But it's still like the beautiful music with this horrible dissonance over the top. It just sits perfectly. Really difficult to explain, man. But it just <laughs> light and dark. Here yeah. I mean. It's beautiful with with something horrible over the top. (laughs) But it works. I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear it. Let's just play it.
innocence of a child Make someone unhappy smile If there's something new in style I'm feeling you I'm lucky I got to know Someone who has helped me grow Learning lessons to my own I'm feeling you, I'm feeling you Girl Hope that you're feeling me Girl Just like I'm feeling you I'm feeling you Events on in some clubs. Well, I'll tell you what, Marshall Jefferson going to be at Remedy. Big, 
news. That, 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 that's a workhouse exclusive. I hope he doesn't remember you stalking him at the uh, BPM Oh, yeah, about, yeah. Uh, well, at the three end, years ago. Let's tell the people about that. Uh, oh, yeah. So. We, we, so we went to uh, Birmingham to the NEC, to the BPM show, which is like a DJ show. Big DJ show. Uh, all equipment and speakers and lights and stuff like that. Like, it's like Mike Heaven. like a massive club, isn't and, it? And uh, Marshall Jefferson was there, and I was determined I was going to get a soundbite off him. This is how we've got most of our soundbites. <laughs> yeah, we, we just stalked him and yeah, followed him did. around the show. I stood about, if you know who Marshall Jefferson is, he's quite a big chap. He's a big lad. <laughs> and... Um, I wasn't. I didn't want to invade his personal space. I think he wasn't very well either. No, he, he, he had like he could yeah. have had the COVID. <laughs> it was well before that, but <laughs> he had right. a bit of man flu. I think. Yeah, he definitely. And uh, I thought, no, I'll just leave him well alone. Yeah. And Mike was like, no, we're going to get a soundbite. Yeah, I just dived in there and yeah. shoved a recorder in his face and went, you do a soundbite for my radio show. Before he knew it, he'd give us one whether yeah. he liked it or not. And he had and he did. And he was a, he was a thoroughly nice yeah, chap, actually. He was a, he he was a nice guy. He did come across as a nice yeah. guy. He did run away very quickly after yeah. that, though. Well, I was like, most, oh, my God, you weirdos. Most of guests do that, Mike. <laughs> they do. Hey, that was a great interview. Thank you yeah. very much to the lads. Uh, it was nice to hear some of Andy's stories about Graham Sahara yeah. um, and about how he plays all these clubs in yeah. Ibiza. I will say, if there's a DJ you want to go and check out, yeah. It, Graham Sahara is class. He's he a was, resident DJ. He wasn't sort of kind of off our radar yeah. um, until last year. I didn't know who he was. But Never heard of him. When we saw him at Remedy and we enjoyed his set so much, mm. and then he's been quite prolific on social media I doing think streaming he's, as well. he's won uh, awards resident like DJ. Resident Yeah, I think if he, he's a DJ's DJ. I yeah. think if you're into DJ and then house music, you, yeah. you will have heard of him. But um, I he, mean, when you're really holding residencies like... Passion, Passion and stuff and like, that. like that, like Andy saying DJ in there. But what was nice to hear that he's played in all them amazing places. Yet he's saying that he's he's talking about the vibe at Remedy in New yeah. Redcliffe. That's like, bonkers, wow. isn't it? Yeah, it's just absolutely that's, that's bonkers. two things you wouldn't expect to hear. But there so uh, there's a little bit of education there for you. If you've never heard of Graham Sahara, go and investigate and check out some of his mixes. Yeah. He's honestly really good. When he was on live, follow him and on Facebook and stuff. Who like that. else? Who does Andy not know? Well, he he knows MJ Cole. He knows well. everybody. Yeah, yeah. He's connected. And do you know what the funny thing was? I think Andy was like, oh, I'm not sure about doing an interview. As most DJs, we, and get, he was we brilliant. get this a lot. We he do was, get this a lot. He was brilliant. There was lots of interesting things to talk yeah. about. And brilliant. also, the music choice was awesome. class. Yeah. Not sure about that last one, Matty. <laughs> I think so. if someone was here, it'd definitely be right yeah. up history. But you know what I mean, Mike? I don't, I don't know what that was. Was it Was it techno or was it deep house or was it afro house? Or You're probably wrong on all levels. I'm probably, I don't know what it was. It, it, it was all right, but it, it's not in Mike's bag. No. Not in Mike's bag. But I like the track. I did like the track. I like the, the vocal. vocal. Yeah. I like the vocal. Yeah, I like the nice. vocal. was very good. Anyway, um, it's nearly time for us to say goodbye. Uh, and Thank then we're going to the leave Lord, you, listeners. Yeah, and then we're going to leave you with a brilliant forty-five minute mix from the man himself, Andy. And I think he's gone down the classics. Yeah, road, so he? Classics. again, you're in for another forty-five minutes of absolute bangers. I think uh, I've had a, li- I've had a, I haven't listened to all of this mix. I've had a, a ooh, scan through it and go, ooh, I like that one, and ooh, I like that one. So. Um, it's nearly time for us to say goodbye. Uh, we've got another couple of these podcasts coming up. We've got another three. Another three. Do. Another yeah. three to do. Um, and uh, we've got some very interesting guests coming. Well, you would say that. Yeah. Because you're one of them. I've got to have one of them, yeah. I, I don't know I'm supposed to be a guest on my own show. Like, I don't know. No, I think I'll have to... Um, I wonder if I can get like a cut-off switch for the microphone. Yeah. So turn it maybe, off. Maybe we, maybe we should. Maybe we should. But also, we've got who else we've got coming up? I can't say. 
You can't say, "Oh, Alan, yeah, li- <laughs> yeah, yeah, little tease that you are." We've got, we've got two. Uh, well, one is confirmed definitely, and yep. then there's one that's um, I don't want to say just in case at the moment. All but right. One, well, we have got coming up um, Mark Island, yes. Marmaduke, yeah, who's a bar club DJ. Does um, he also does production with Head Candy and remixes. and a mobile DJ as well? He does weddings yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. You yeah. know. Um, Sorry, I was just trying to be uber cool then. No, but he's 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 a DJ. For from like all levels, it really. Does. It, it will, does. Yeah. It does a lot of bar stuff. Yeah, um, absolutely. And he's got a residency. Yeah. Um, although obviously this year. And DJing is his full time occupation. Yes, and that's why we thought it'd be interesting to talk to him. Um, and we, he's been down doing some of the events with us at Darling Market, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about more on yep. that show. Yeah. Um, Don't tell him too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right then. So coming up now. Is 45 minutes in the mix with Andy Lee. Got to say thank you very much to Andy and thank you very much to Matty as well. Really enjoyed that interview. That was class. Uh, have you got anything more to add, Alan? No. Shall I just play the mix? Let's do it. Play the mix. You've been listening to him. Mainly, Mike. Actually, no, I've been very quiet. Anyhow. <laughs> that was the Pandemic Podcast. Cracking mixes. Bye. Wow.
can't even talk no more. Mm. Mm. Hey, sexy lady, how you doing? 